Thank you, Matt. Merry Christmas. Y'all talk to him and you don't talk to me. I don't get this. Every Sunday we go through this. Merry Christmas. I know it's because I'm a Minnesota fan. Y'all don't like me. I get it. That's okay. Hush. It's good to see everybody. Listen, it's pretty neat that you took. This is a great day. And you took time to come spend time with your church family. And and that's exciting. We're going to do our best. I promise to get you. Not that we're going to rush because we're not going to do that. But I know you have commitments. So we're going to talk a little bit. And hopefully we'll get you out of here in time. If you've got commitments for lunch, you can get there and enjoy. Uh, it's going to be fun. I've got some helpers that's going to come up in just a few minutes and help me out a little bit with this, and that's going to be fun. I love, I love seeing kids that, that love Christ, so that's really that's what it's all about when we come together to celebrate what I think is one of the greatest days when we celebrate the birth of Jesus Christ. Amen. Yeah, amen. Thank you. I mean, that, that's, that's, it, it just is, guys. This is what it's really all about, and I think it's one of the greatest days as a follower, as a Christian, that we celebrate. So let me jump right in and, and just... One of the things I've seen and, and I, I've experienced, and I know this personally, and I know it with most of you, is we love assurances. We do. We love to be promised something. We love guarantees. We'll buy guarantees on everything now. $10 item, we'll pay 9 for a guarantee on it to make it th- th- that it'll get through an extra year. I've never figured that out. But we, it just shows we love guarantees. We love assurances. We love to know somebody will promise us something and that we can count on it that it's going to come through and be true. It's, I'm going to go out on a limb and say this. If, if I promised you guys I could give you the winning lottery ticket with, with absolute certainty, would you, would, you, would you invest a dollar on the numbers I gave you? You would. But then what if we lost? You lost a dollar. Big deal. But I'm going to give you a certainty today that you're not going to lose on, and, and, and it's a guarantee, and, that, and I'm going to show you through the Bible why I think it's absolutely a guarantee. Let me ask you this. If, let's say I gave you the, the, the lottery ticket numbers six months down the road. I gave them to you today for numbers they're going to draw six months from now, and they were dead on. How many of you would say, wait a minute, this guy knows something. I'm going to buy the next set of lottery numbers that he predicts. You'd get more interested in it and say, wait, how did he do that? How did he predict it? How did he know that's what it was going to be? Well, I want to share some assurances today. Uh, that, that it's, we're going to play a little Bible ping pong, so to speak. We're going to go from New Testament to Old Testament. But we have some guarantees, and, and this is where it just it really brings this story home to me. It's when you can go back, not, not six months, but hundreds of years, thousands of years, you can go back and see the predictions and then see the fulfillment. Wouldn't you, wouldn't you say, okay, that's pretty good stuff, and I, I, I want to know more about that. I want to buy into that. I think that that is absolutely amazing, but that's exactly what we have with this story of Jesus Christ. Starting from when he was a little baby through his life on earth, when he walked here, uh, we, we get this amazing prophecies and foretelling of what his life's going to look like. And, and people want to argue with that, but really there's not much arguing it. I mean, it's, it's, I don't know how you argue with facts. And yet people want to do that. That's why I get so excited this time of year. And really, it's not just this time of year. It's, it's all year round for me because I know these truths. And I've seen, I've seen what was said in Old Testament, and I saw the fulfillment in the New Testament. It's amazing. We, we can start with in Isaiah. The prophet Isaiah said this in chapter 9, verse 6 through 7. For a child is born to us, a son is given. The government will rest on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. 
His government and its peace will never end. Man, that right there is enough to get up on Sunday morning. And, and if, even if you don't want to come to church, pick up your Bible and read about this guy who says, His government and his peace will never end. He will rule with fairness and justice from the throne of his ancestor David for all eternity. That's something we can't hold true today in the worldly government. It doesn't work that way, but yet we get this promise. The passionate commitment of the Lord of heaven's armies will make this happen. Now, what's amazing, they're talking about the Messiah, Jesus Christ. That's 700 years approximately. Some of you Bible scholars are going to come and say, well, that's 710. Okay, good for you. I, I'm excited, man. You did your math better than me. I'm just going to, I'm going to generalize on some of these dates, okay? Because I don't know. I don't have their calendar. But it was a long time before the birth of Jesus, and we're, and we're reading this. I love, for a child is born to us, a son is given, the government will rest on his shoulder. But here's what I love. He will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God. Amazing. Amazing. We've been given this way, way before <laughs> he's, he's coming. But we like, we like assurances. We like proofs. It's interesting, if you were with us a couple weeks ago, I even said in, in, in the Gospel of John, there's some scripture recorded, and I think it's pretty pertinent that we like truth, but we have to be reminded of it. And this was in John 20, and I didn't give you this, guys this one, so you don't need to put it up there. But this is what, in John chapter 20, verse 30 and 31, John says, and this is, this is after Christ has just been crucified, and he's, he's shown up to his disciples. The disciples saw Jesus do so many other miraculous signs in addition to the ones recorded in his book. But these are written so that you may continue to believe. They're recorded so you may continue to believe that Jesus is the Son of God. So not only are these miracles that he's talking about here recorded, but we can go back to the Old Testament before Christ and we can see these prophecies predicting this child is going to come and what he's going to do and how his life's going to look. Guys, it's like knowing the ending of the movie before you see it. And that's pretty awesome in this story and in, in, in what we're talking about here today and the, the, the life of Jesus when we can... It just gives you great comfort. It gives, great, it gives, it gives me peace. To know this isn't some, some story that's made up, that, that there's writers hundreds and hundreds of years beforehand predicting what's going to happen, and then we see the fulfillment. So that's why I've asked some of my, little, my friends to come up with me today, and we're going we're to talk about some of these, what I think is fulfillment, and some of the prophecies earlier. So I'm going to ask Mac and uh, Noah, and I don't know who else is coming up, but if you guys will come on up and, and read, that, read some scripture for me. Okay, Lacey's coming up and helping. Okay. People of Israel, listen. God publicly endorsed Jesus the Nazarene by doing powerful miracles, wonders, and signs through him. As you well know, but God knew that would, what would happen. And he, his prearranged plan was carried out when Jesus was betrayed. With the help of lawless Gentiles, you nailed him to a cross and killed him. But God released him from the horrors of death and raised him back to life, for death could not keep him in its grip. King David said this about him. I see that the Lord is always with me. I will not be shaken, for he is right beside me. No wonder my heart is glad and my tongue shouts his praises. My body rests in hope. For you will not leave my soul among the dead or allow your holy ones to rot in the grave. You have shown me the way of life, and you will fill me with the joy of your presence. Dear brothers, think about this. 
You can be sure that the patriarch David wasn't referring to himself, for he died and was buried, and his tomb is still among us. But he was he was a prophet, and he knew God had promised with an oath that one of David's own descendants would sit on his throne. David was looking into the future and speaking of the Messiah's resurrection. He was saying that God would not leave him among the dead or allow his body to rot in the grave. Thank you, guys. <laughs> yeah, get my hand. That's awesome. It's pretty interesting. We, we read this, and, and it's, Peter's the one saying that, and he, he kind of, I think he kind of put another prophecy in there. He says, listen, they're not going to believe you. They're not going to believe when you say this comes from the Old Testament. So, but let me tell you, if you go all the way back about a thousand years to Psalms, listen to what, listen to what we read in Psalms uh, chapter 16, verse 10 and 11. For you will not leave my soul among the dead or allow your Holy One to rot in the grave. You will show me the way of life, granting me the joy of your presence and the pleasures of living with you forever. Hallelujah. A thousand years. A thousand years before we hear these same words from these young men and women that Peter said. But, Peter, but he says, it, this is pretty interesting to me. What he says, he said, dear brothers, think about this. You can be sure that the, that the patriarch David wasn't referring to himself because that's what the people want you to believe because they don't want to believe this baby is the child, is the son of God. So we've got to try everything we can. And that's amazing that Peter had the foresight to say, if I don't tell you that, that's what you're going to think, that he was talking about himself. Even though David is in the, was dead and buried and the grave is still there. It's amazing. So here we see already in the life of Jesus, we, we're starting kind of at the end. He's been crucified, he's dead, and, and he's risen again. He's not in the grave rotting. Guys, this is the Son of God we worship today. Hallelujah. Amazing. Amazing what we have in front of us. Amazing the assurance, the promises that we've been given. And yet, I don't know why. I don't know why this is so difficult for us to gather, to just wrap our arms around. Because I'm telling you, if I could predict lottery ticket after lottery ticket after lottery ticket, you'd want me to give you the numbers. But what I can give you is Jesus Christ time and time again. And you won't take him and he's free. You don't even have to take a dollar out of your pocket. You just have to commit that he's your Lord and Savior. It's crazy. It's, it's mind-boggling to me when I think about it. Let's keep going. There's some more of these that I think just, just, they add to it. I think about what we talked about. I don't know why it just meant so much to me when we were reading from, from John a couple weeks ago when Simeon said, I've seen salvation. I've seen salvation. I've held salvation. And we see, we see these same type prophecies from that too. So let me, I'm going to ask, I think, Mac, are you coming back up and reading again? From John 19. One of the soldiers, however, pierced his side with a spear, and immediately blood and water flowed out. Kind of amazing. So we're, again, we're reading, you're thinking, this is Christmas. Why are we talking about Jesus on the cross? Isn't that Easter? No, it's the story. It's the life of this baby where he's come to. And he's on the cross and, and he's given his life for us. And we know, we just talked about he's going to the grave, but he's going to rise again. So what, what's this about? What's the prophecy here? It's really interesting. If you, if you turn to this scripture that he just read, John 9. Let me read, I think there's something else I want to share with you there uh, in John 19. 
We'll get there. Listen to what he says in verse 30, uh, 31 and 30 through 33. It was the day of preparation and the Jewish leaders didn't want the bodies hanging there the next day, which was the Sabbath and a very special Sabbath because it was the Passover. So they asked Pilate to hasten their deaths by ordering that their legs be broken. Then their bodies could be taken down. So the soldiers came and broke the legs of the two men crucified, which were right beside of Jesus. But when they came to Jesus, they saw that he was already dead, so they didn't break his legs. Instead, one of the soldiers, however, pierced his side with the spear, as uh, Mac just read to us. That's kind of amazing when you see that, that he's, he's already dead. They had to break the other two's legs. And you're thinking, well, what's the significance? The significance is to prove to you and I believe this. To prove to you and I what predicted much earlier than that. If you go back, if you go all the way back to Psalms, again, 34, which probably is a thousand years before this. Listen to what the psalmist says in verse 34, uh, uh, chapter 34, verse 20. For the Lord protected the bones of the righteous. Not one of them will be broken. Did you get that? Jesus' bones wasn't broken. Then if you, if you go forward, this is, this is a little closer to the death, but still about 500 years away. In Zechariah, we read the prophet of Zechariah says this in 12, uh, chapter 12, verse 10. This is what he says. Then I will pour out a spirit of grace and power of prayer on the family of David, on the people of Jerusalem. They will look on me whom they have pierced and mourn for him as, as an only son. They will grieve bitterly for him as for a firstborn son who has done, who was pierced who is pierced. I mean, how much proof do you need? I mean, we've, we've seen the prediction that he would, he would be dead and buried, that his grave would not, or his body would not rot. We've, we've seen the foretelling of the bones wouldn't be broken. That was, that was the tradition. That was the norm. If you were on the cross, they would break your bones because once the leg's broken, you can't support yourself and you'll suffocate immediately. But Jesus was already dead and that was predicted. And it was predicted that no bones would be broken and that his side would be pierced. Merry Christmas, guys. This is the Son of God. Do you start to get the picture? What's predicted will come true. What's predicted will happen. It, you, you can't miss on this. This is an assurance. This is an assurance you can take to the bank. Uh, you, you can take it. It's more than taking it to the bank. You can take it for eternity. It's a promise that's been given to us. I want to share another amazing story that we find, and, and then we see predicted earlier in the scripture and this is the one without this one without this one this is where this would start to break down but the fact that we have this story and that we see it predicted and we know the fulfillment of it we celebrate today i'm going to ask i think is olive and lacy going to come up for this one <laughs> in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth in a village in Galilee to a virgin named Mary. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. Gabriel appeared to her and said, Greetings, favorite woman. The Lord is with you. Confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. Don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her. For you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be very great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord will give him the throne of his ancestor David, and he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. Mary asked the angel, but how can this happen? I am a virgin. 
The angel replied, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby to be born will be holy, and he will be called the Son of God. Thank you. <laughs> we know this child is special, born of a virgin birth. And we know that's not the norm. That can't happen. This has got to be a special child. This has got to be a child that we're going to celebrate years and years and years and years and years later and we'll continue to celebrate. But what's amazing about this story is if you go back to the prophet Isaiah once again, hundreds of years beforehand, listen to what Isaiah records in chapter 7, verse 14. All right, then, the Lord himself will give you the sign. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. We're done here, guys. Can you do that? I know you can't do the virgin birth. Could you predict it? Let me ask you this. Can you predict the birth of anyone in this room that's not already pregnant? You can't predict it if they're pregnant. I'm sorry. You get close, and then they say, well, they're going to have a C-section. Okay, you cheated. Can you do it? But yet, people, you don't want this assurance. This is what drives me nuts. This is what I don't understand. People would rather argue about these stories than to say, wait a minute, how, how can you argue for something that was predicted hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years in advance? But the life of Jesus is told before there was a life of Jesus. And it's accurate. It's amazingly accurate. You can't, listen, I hate to say this, I've watched the Christmas uh, uh, Christmas vacation a hundred times. I still can't tell you everything in the story. You didn't hear that here, but it's just the truth. We all know. Some of you laugh because you know it's just tradition at our house. I mean, we just watch it with our kids and have a great time. Uh, but I still can't tell you every line. Listen, this story is foretold with great accuracy, with great truth, and I think more importantly, with great power. Because I don't, know, I don't know what else you can say or do when you're, when you're struggling with or, or wrestling with, is, is this really... Is this really, this baby that Simeon said, I've, I've seen salvation. I held this baby and I've seen salvation. Is this really the Son of God? I, I don't know how else, I don't know what else you need to prove it. When you can flip-flop back and forth. And I tell you, that's, that's tough for me, back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. But it's, it's an amazing story and I think it's really the only way we can do it justice. is when we look at what happened and go back and look at what was predicted to happen. It's amazing. Some of you, 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 to put it in another way, think about this. If you could predict what was going to happen in the football games, you'd retire. But I can tell you, you can predict what happened with this baby, and you can predict what will happen in your life when you make the decision to accept that he is who he says he is, and that's the Son of God. The Son of God. And because of that, and because of that, we celebrate today. And I told you a week or so ago, we don't celebrate because of what's happening. We celebrate because of what happened. And what happened was the birth of this little baby who was salvation and is the Son of God, born of a virgin birth, dead and buried and crucified, dead, crucified and rose again. And it's all told before it ever happened. It's amazing to me as I, as, as, as I think about this story and the promises and what we see and read, and yet I'm thinking, why don't people get it? Why don't they realize that we're talking about the truth, the hope, 
Listen, we always talk about Christmas being the season of hope. Jesus Christ is the season of hope. We, we just celebrate his birth today. We're going to celebrate the hope next Sunday. We'll celebrate the hope the following Sunday, the next Sunday. Hey, and listen, I'm giving you some prophecy. Unless Christ comes back, and, and you're saying, well, Mark, you could die, then Matt will come up. And if something happens to Matt, heaven forbid, then there's somebody out there that's going to step up. But I'm telling you, we're going to celebrate. And we're going to celebrate again and again and again because I believe the story. Without reservation, I don't think there's any part of it. I don't think there's a single part of this story. I don't believe, well, how do you believe the virgin birth? Because it was prophesied. Well, how do you believe the resurrection? Because I give you two on that. It was prophesied and there was eyewitness accounts. You, you need more? I mean, we can, we can do this all day long, guys. I know you can't because you've got places to be to celebrate this birth, and I get that. But I'm telling you, this is, this is amazing stuff. And I want to thank these kids for coming up and helping me because they believe this. Give, 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 give them a round of applause. Those guys did awesome. Yeah. I know them. I know the families they, they've grown up in, and I know they believe. They believe every word of this for the very same reasons that we just talked about. And I would tell you, if you're sitting out there today and you have doubts, come talk to me. Grab Matt. Grab, we, we, we can get you to somebody. And you say, but today's Christmas. Well, there's no better time. There's no better time than to meet this little baby than today. There's no better time than right now. The one that seems me said, this is salvation. I saw salvation. It gives me cold chills to think that he held the baby Jesus. I mean, he held this little baby. And, and in that little baby, this little baby, he didn't see a, a, a little ball of fun and Gucci and cute. He saw salvation. He saw salvation. That's what I see today is salvation. I, I think the writers of this book, the, the, all these different writers, and they put this book together. Peter said, he said, listen, you're going to think that this, this guy in the grave that David was talking about himself, they, man, they did a, such a, an amazing job with this book that I can walk out going, wow, I can't deny it. I can't deny it. They predicted it. It happened. This child, this little child, born of a virgin birth, was truly the Son of God. Celebrate today. But, but let me ask you to do me a favor. Don't just celebrate today. Celebrate every day like you worship the Son of God. Because you do. Let's pray. Father, thank you that we could come together on this day. When we do celebrate the birth of your son, we celebrate the fact that he was born of a virgin birth, that he was dead and buried and rose again on the third day. Father, we celebrate that. Thank you. Thank you for making this so clear and so understandable. That it, it, that we can't deny it, Father. We just have to accept it. And that's so hard for some of us to accept it, some, that we, we, we just can't let go, that we've got to be in control, but yet we know you're in control, Father. We, we know that, that you're in control of everything. And through you, through your son, we have hope and we have light everlasting. So be with us today. Let this be a day of celebration. Let this be a day of celebration like no other till tomorrow when we get up. And then let it be a day of celebration like no other. And then the next day and the next day, Father, because we celebrate and we worship the Son of God. We thank you. 
praise you. We want to honor you in all that we do. Of course, these things we pray. Amen.